0: Everyone has a story. Stories of adversity, stories of perseverance, stories of accomplishments, and maybe even stories that will make others laugh. No matter the story, we can be inspired and motivated by them. Most of all, we can learn from them. This is the Big Peach Ride Run podcast hosted by me, Dave D2 Martinez, and I want to hear your story. Welcome to the Big Peach Ride and Run Podcast. I am your host, Dave Dolomite, D2 Martinez. And yes, this is episode 137. And for all of you, um, you know, happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys all had a great uh, Thanksgiving holiday. That was just a few days ago. Uh, If you're listening it uh, here as this episode releases on November 28th, Many of you, uh, congratulations on uh, on on any races that you ran uh, ran over the holidays. I know that there's plenty of turkey trots, gobble jogs. There are five k's, ten k's, um, and half marathons as well. So I know one of the more popular one is the Atlanta Thanksgiving Day Half Marathon and five k put on by the Atlanta Track Club. Um, saw also recently they have a new mascot, which you know it's a it's a it's a peach, and I was like. Well, you know we're we're big peach, and uh, they have this big peach um, mascot as well. So, um, congrats to them on 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 uh, their uh, putting on a fantastic race, and I guess their their new uh, mascot as well. So, uh, kudos to them. Hopefully, uh, you know people will confuse us and think that uh, we're we're affiliated with uh, the Atlanta Track Club. We're, we've been great partners in the past. Um, but uh, hope you guys have had a great uh, holiday. And uh, yes, we are in the holiday shopping season that uh, has already kicked off, and in some places started early. Um, but want to let you know that we have new Run ATL long sleeve uh, t shirts now in stock at all of our Big Peach uh, uh, running company locations and ride and run locations. So they've been missing, um, you know, this year. We haven't had a whole lot, um, but they are back in stock and uh, available for purchase. So for whether it's for yourself um, or whether it's for someone on your gift list, they're available now um i, I haven't actually seen uh, all the colors that are available but they are available for both men and women and as i mentioned in the previous episode we have some great apparel items as well from our um basically our bprc our big peach running company location uh collection with our uh peachy icon on it so it has this uh, very subdued type of look but it's still a very sort of kind of casual but still performance wear where we have these lightweight you know running jackets um, they're great for you know blocking the wind and uh, you know um, you know uh, uh, water resistant and some downproof vest uh, uh, downproof is that the right word uh, downfilled that's the word downfilled vest. And uh, so they look really great. They're available. And so, yeah, for anyone that's looking for technical performance wear or just something casually to wear, they are available now. Um, And like I said, they look great whether you're out on a run or hanging out at a coffee shop or just Netflix and chilling, uh, you know, on the couch um, on a recovery day. So, uh, you know, those are available. Um, I also want to remind everyone that the Atlanta Winter Bike League, that kicked off uh, about a week or so ago. That is a a ride for specifically for you know for cyclists that are looking to improve their uh, endurance and cycling abilities and skills um, um, this winter and it's uh, you know it's a no drop ride and when I mean no drop I mean no drop no one gets left behind there are various different pace groups um, for everyone um, you know Coach Robert has said at the beginning of every ride if you are a hammerhead if you want to go out hard and just drop. Everyone, uh, you know, in your dust, this is not the ride for you, and you will be asked to find another ride elsewhere. Um, so, this is a very welcoming ride. We had a, such a great group. Uh, Lots of smiling faces out there. We had uh, close to about 100 riders out there with, uh, you know, a lot of new ride leaders, including myself, volunteering to lead the various different groups. And it was a fun time, uh, even though it was uh, fairly cold. I mean, we started in the low 40s and kind of managed to climb up in the uh, mid 50s, um, you know, for about a two hour ride. And the next ride, uh, which will be on December 3rd, um is uh, two hours and twenty minutes, so we'll be gradually increasing it. And I also want to give out a uh, give a shout out to Bob, who I met at uh, the start of the uh, winter bike league. There, um, we happened to park right next to each other. He had a question about pacing, and so I told him I was one of the ride leaders and told him that uh, Coach Robert was the one dressed in yellow. And he commented, he goes, yes, I had heard that on the podcast. And I said, well, which podcast did you hear that from? Because I was unaware of what other podcasts Coach Robert Wilhide was on. And he said, oh, the Big Peace Ride and Run podcast. And I was like... I'm D2. I'm the host of that podcast, and so we connected, and uh, so he's a loyal uh, listener, and so thank you. Sometimes when I'm, you know, recording these, I have no idea who's listening. I have some metrics available as to, you know, the number of people, but never really know who. And it's great to know, you know, to be able to meet listeners and to get feedback. And, you know, he was very generous and said, you know, he, he enjoyed the podcast. And, uh, so I hope he, that that's truly the case for him and for, um, many of you out there and, uh, yeah, please come out and, and stop by and say hello. And, uh, you yeah, know, hopefully I'll, I'll meet more of you out at, uh, different events. Um, whether it's a, a run or a ride, I look forward to uh, meeting all of you and, uh, you have uh suggestions for for uh you know guests to be on the podcast or if you yourself would like to be on the podcast and have an interesting story uh to share by all means uh, reach out to me and uh let me know either in person or uh at podcast at big peach all right so on the uh podcast today we have got uh someone who I've known for, God, it's been probably a decade at this point um, when I first met her, Tess Sobomihin Marshall. And um, she is a race director um, here in Atlanta. She is, a, I guess, a small business owner when you look at it as a, as a, as a race director that puts races here uh, locally in Atlanta. And we met, you know, actually we worked together at Big Peach Running Company uh, at the original store when it was back at, uh, up in Brookhaven, Uh, next to the Kroger uh, and, you know, we got to know each other and she started her, you know, started putting on races way back then. And now she's, you know, kind of, blown up and, uh, has a, a, a series of races. You know, uh, she started running nerds, which is a social, uh, group, uh, of, of like-minded individuals that like running. Um, she was part of uh, black girl's run. Uh, she now has recently started, uh, over the last few years run social with his, with blending of running with social events and it's runsocialatlanta.com and you know, so we talked all about kind of her journey um, as how she got started running and, you know, the, the various things that she's done as, as, a, as a businesswoman here in Atlanta, you know, putting on races, um, also talked a little bit about how the pandemic affected her races, um, and, uh, you know, even, uh, talked about one of her most recent races, which is, uh, the, the, the Detroit free press marathon and why that race should be on your bucket list. So we'll have, uh, Tess join us right after this break at big peach running company. We take pride in listening to your needs. We take into account the shape of your feet, previous injuries and activity level to guide you to comfortable shoes for your feet, whether you're a runner, walker, fitness enthusiasts, or simply need comfortable shoes to wear. We offer the best customer experience in the friendliest environment. It's no wonder we've been voted one of the best running stores in America by our fans. Visit any of our nine Big Peach Running Company locations for a free fit assessment and video gain analysis. Go to bigpeachrunningcompany.com to learn more. Welcome back, everyone. And so I'm excited to have uh, Tess Sobamian Marshall. Um, So we got our start. And I met Tess, you know, uh, God, at at this point, a a decade ago, where we were working at uh, the original Big Peach Running Company at Cherokee Plaza. And we were both guest advocates, slinging shoes. And that's where I got to meet Tess, worked side by side with her on the sales floor. And even back then, she was already, um, you know, working on races and kind of, you know, building her entrepreneurial little empire, running empire uh, back then, and as the wheels were kind of turning. So, uh, welcome, Tess. Great to have you on.
1: I like that. Imp- I haven't used that term before. Empire. I don't have to use that more often.
0: Sounds well, I, I, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's valid. I mean, I think it's. Uh, you know, you started. You've done a couple uh, different things, and we'll get all into into all that. Um, but you know, it's been a while since you and I have have really talked. We've kind of seen each other at uh, probably a lot of your events. Um, And uh, but, you know, since then, you've, you know, since you got married, uh, I see, uh, to Malik Marshall uh, in 2017, and you had a daughter uh, just last year, uh, Isla Rose.
1: That's right. Life is is definitely very different from those days at Cherokee Plaza.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For sure. And uh, most recently, uh, I saw that you uh, did finish the Detroit Free Press Marathon. So uh, how was that?
1: Oh, it was great um you know I was able to um well let me just say it was a two times deferred marathon and I ended up doing finishing the path marathon I, you know I last year i was about four months postpartum so i deferred again um from the pandemic deferral and um you know started off the summer really optimistic that I could get the training in but i'm just Dave you know i'm just not ready for half from marathon training yet. And, you know, it took me about 10 weeks in to really just kind of like, go, like, you know what? This is just not happening this year. Um, you know, I wasn't motivated to get up early in the morning and try to beat the heat. I wasn't, you know, excited about being a gone for four and five hours away from my daughter who's, you know, she's fine, but you know, I, I just miss her. So uh, I ended up downgrading to the half. Um, but let me tell you that Detroit free press is a runner's bucket list race. So cool. Such a great experience to be able to run across the bridge. They shut down the main thoroughfares to Canada from Detroit for four hours for us to run across, go to Canada and come back. It's an awesome event. Highly recommend it.
0: Well, that was interesting because I did see, that was one of the things I did kind of see. And and I don't know that I knew about that until I, I just recently where I saw someone post about crossing into Canada. I think I'd heard about mm-hmm. that, but it wasn't like on my radar. And that sounds kind of cool. But then the idea uh, was, how do they let you back in? You know? Yeah. Um, so
1: the, the logistics are, are amazing. Um, so you have to you know, provide your passport information when you register for the race. Um, they continuously up, have you updating things. Um, there was a chance that we were going to have to show proof of vaccination. So we had to upload our vaccination cards. But they literally just removed those restrictions about two or three weeks before the race. So we didn't have to present it on site. Um, but you you have your passport uploaded, um, and then when you check in for the race, um, so the half and the full are have international options, so you same process for both. And then you have to present your passport when you get your bib, so not just your ID. Um, they check it there, and then, Dave, when you're running over into Canada and coming back, they've got that border control. Those officers are lined all the way across. They're ice grilling you the whole time. So if your bib is not present and, you know, if anything looks suspicious, they have the right to pull you over. They don't pull everyone over, but I did uh, witness at least one person that they stopped them and said, hey, we need to, you know, see your bib. Um, but they have the right to to ask for your passport at any point. And that's completely understood and communicated. So, like, it, it's no joke. You're not going to be just, you know, abandoning the Detroit Free Press. <laughs>
0: That, that's that's interesting. I was wondering about the logistics of that because I had heard that, you know, maybe they would do random checks and stuff like that, and your bid, bid had to be uh, shown. Um, but yeah, I didn't think about that they would have that many people on there sort of kind of checking you out and uh, and and really kind of monitoring that. That's uh, I would say as you know, you as a race director would probably appreciate the logistics and and you know, the type of energy and and resources and coordination. Um, because I know you have had to do that with, uh, you know, just local municipalities. But imagine doing that with, a, a, you know, a different nation, you know.
1: Oh, my gosh. I mean, I've had to put on, I have two races that cross over counties. Oh, no, sorry, cities. And that's enough, you know, having mm. to fill out a permit. Can you imagine, like you said, put it, trying to fill out all the paperwork, all the logistics for two different countries, mind you? So... Hats off to the Detroit Free Press staff. Um I, they probably are undercharging <laughs> for that price, if you really ask me. Um, but yeah, it like I said, it was great experience. I give it five stars. You know, it's a, a great production, um, great experience. And we have beautiful weather too. So that that definitely helped. Well, that's helped my, awesome. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So I was uh, you know, I was uh, under the assumption as well that if you're going to cross in a in a Canada um, that that would be maybe only for the full marathon, but I guess it happens early enough in the race. So while, yes. at, what mile marker are you typically crossing into Canada?
1: So we're all together for the first 11 miles of the race. So I think Canada is like miles four through six or seven, something like that. And, um, another cool thing that you probably have heard, you go over a bridge to get there and you go through an underwater tunnel to get back. So that's also pretty cool. And again, those are the two only thoroughfares to its Windsor that we're going into um, in Canada. And so they literally shut down the access to Canada for people coming from the U.S. for that time for us to run. I mean, that's just amazing to me.
0: Yeah, I would have thought there was an out and back on the same path or same bridge, but the yeah, uh, no, the tunnel thing really... is the tunnel thing is kind of cool, really, when you think about it. Because yeah. a lot of races, when you know, there's there's races that definitely have you cross over a bridge, but I don't know mm-hmm. that there's many that have you go into a tunnel. Was it, is a tunnel well lit, uh, or do you have to bring? Yeah, head it's very out?
1: well lit. Um, I've heard tales of it being really stuffy in years past, like if it rains or if it's a little warmer, but it wasn't too uncomfortable. I didn't find it to be uncomfortable it's only about a mile. So by the time you really start feeling uncomfortable, it's over. So that was my experience.
0: Very yeah. cool. So the, uh, yeah, it's an interesting point that you made as far as sort of kind of deferring, uh, and dropping down to the, uh, the half marathon. Um, because I remember my first, the, I signed up, you know, very, uh, I guess, ignorant of what it took to Trained for, for a marathon. And so I think that I signed up for a marathon long before I ever even did a, you know, even considered doing a half marathon just because my friends were doing it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And I ended up at the last minute, you know, well, not last minute, but a couple months beforehand saying, okay, I haven't done the training. I was, it was a Disney marathon, it was, you know, training in Florida when, when I was living there miserable like you said it's hot you know it, it's just one of those things that i wasn't motivated i didn't have a training plan i wasn't really committed or focused to it so i had to drop down and it took me probably another 10 12 years before i actually did my first marathon um yeah. in preparation it's
1: for it. definitely and i mean i was just the opposite i've done nine marathons so i knew going in what it was going to take and i just have too much respect for the distance to go into it under trained i was under trained for the half as well but I mean, I can make it through a half marathon. I call it my under-trained picture-taking half marathons. I've had three or four of them <laughs> since uh, having my daughter. Well, even like during during the pandemic, as well as, um, you know, I've done, I think, three half marathons now since I've had my daughter. And, you know, you just give yourself grace, but um, you don't mess around with a marathon. So, you know, all the listeners out there, if you, you know, it, it's, it's a humbling thing to sign up for something and then have to backtrack on what you wanted to do. And, and trust me, I know it was tough, a tough decision. But when I got to that 11 mile mark, when we split, I knew I had made the right decision because I was two miles away from the finish line and that was going to be enough for me.
0: <laughs> yeah, the um, I, I've done I've done four marathons and half marathon by far is my favorite distance only because it requires, it's enough of a distance to where you have to kind of put some effort and commitment and train for it. And mm-hmm. still feel like you accomplished something. And at the same time, I think if you're running on a regular basis and it's part of your regular routine, it's not that hard to jump right. up to a to a half marathon. If you're running, let's say consistently, say six miles, you know, three or four times a week, you can probably within four to six weeks jump up to a half marathon distance. You know, right. I would say totally yeah.
1: agree. Yeah, um, totally
0: agree. Yeah, and uh, but I've run the. I, I, in my first marathon was at the Atlanta Marathon when it was back at Atlantic Station. Um, mm-hmm. And I did both those years. I think it was 2011 2012, and 2012. I think was- I
1: remember that, Dave. Cause that's when we used to do the, um, the relay, we would get teams together and do the marathon relay. Yep. And I think, I remember you doing, like you being one of the very few people that I knew that was doing the whole marathon.
0: <laughs> yes. And there yeah. were very few, few of us and I, I had trained, but uh, you know, it was one of the things that, uh, definitely had got a lot of respect, you know, for that distance, um, because what what I went in going in my mind thinking that I would be able to achieve, totally unraveled. You know, at, you know, at mile sixteen, um, mm-hmm. I started having IT band issues, which I sort of kind of was having that weeks in the weeks leading up uh, to the marathon, um, but it really flared up at mile sixteen. And then all the time that I had anticipated of finishing just kind of went out the window. And by the end of it, I didn't care what my time was. I just wanted to get off the course. Just wanted
1: to be done. Right. Yeah. And that's with training. So again, I tell you, if you're listening to this, (laughs) don't mess around with the marathon under train because you can train perfectly and still have. A, and a unique experience so. yeah
0: and atlanta's yeah. got those hills you know there's no way around it there's there's no way you can do a marathon here in atlanta and avoid the hills yeah. um, and then my third and fourth marathon were down in jekyll island uh, just a, you know i think four years ago or something like that was mm-hmm. when i ended up doing it and even then i had a much better performance but it wasn't like being on a completely flat course like all of a sudden i was like i took an hour off my time i mean i think i took yeah. maybe maybe 10 minutes off my time um, and either it's, you know, probably because I'm older, probably I could have done more training. There's a lot of things that would have factor into it, but it's, yeah, it's a tough distance to, to, yeah. you know, and kudos yeah, to flat. those.
1: Doesn't mean easier, definitely.
0: Yeah. I mean, kudos to those that that do multiple in a year, and and the people that you know do the the fifty states, you know, um, you know uh, marathons. Um, you know, kudos to them. I mean, they're just yeah. really dedicated and uh, and committed to 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 that training and that distance. So, um, absolutely. So let's get back into you know, um, you know, I saw that at some place that you really got started in running in, in 2010. I mean, what was the impetus? What, what got you into running?
1: Well, um, it was kind of a two part story. I started my first ever 5k was when I moved to Atlanta. Um, I went through, um, being fired from a job, had to move, um, had to start my pretty much start my whole like career over again. And I moved to Atlanta in 2010. And, um, I was like, you know, what, Every year, I was a women's basketball coach. So every year I would go to the women's basketball conference. They would do this 4K for um, Kay Yao, who passed away from um, breast cancer. Um, so i do this 4K. And every year I'd be like, I'm going to get up in the morning and do the 4K. for." It's called 4K for K, And um, I would never get up and do it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to move to Atlanta. And I'm going to do something that I've always wanted to do. So I signed up for the Susan Komen Um Race for the Cure, which was literally the weekend that I moved to Atlanta. Um, It used to be in May. I don't know if they still do it in May. Um, So I kind of trained for, you know, whatever you do to train for uh, your your first 5K. I kind of like built up my distance. And I was living in Augusta at the time. So I was going to the little river walk and doing like a mile. And I thought, man, I just did a mile. So I went to that race, I didn't know a soul, didn't know anything about running. I only knew one person that had ever done a 5K before. It was a friend of mine. And she was like, yeah, I did mine in 30 minutes. So I was like, okay, 30 minutes sounds like a good goal. So I went out there, and it was my first introduction to Atlanta running. Of course, you know, we started from Atlantic Station, so there's no way but to go up and down a hill. Um, finished the race, and I just remember feeling so proud of the fact that I had done something I'd never done before, new city, starting a new life. And um, but I didn't have anybody to celebrate with. because I didn't know anyone who ran. Right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't run again um, until the following year. Some friends of mine um, that I was working with, so I was working as a personal trainer at the time. Uh, so this would be March of the following year, 2011. And they were like, hey, we're going to sign up for this this um, St. Patrick's 10K. And it was the shamrock and roll. So I was like, well, I've only, only ever done a 5K Let's do it. So we would go around and and run around the Georgia Tech campus, run around the station, trying to get ready. And I was like, well, did the 5K in 30 minutes. An hour is my goal for the 10K. So we did that race, um, had a a great time. I finished in like 59 minutes and 58 seconds and um, just really enjoyed seeing myself get better at something that Mm -hmm. I had never done before. So that was really the catalyst to me getting started running. And I had this idea. I was like, I want to start um, a running club um, and get more black women. Because I noticed at these races that I wasn't seeing a whole lot of black people running the race. I was like, I should start a run group for black women from my personal training studio that I was working at. But, you know, the Lord would have it where someone else had the idea. Black Girls Run was looking for ambassadors in the city of Atlanta. And I was like, okay, great. Somebody else has the idea. I'll just jump on that bandwagon. And I signed up to be a Black Girls Run ambassador. So I think it was the following, not the following April, the April. So I did that race in March. In April, we had our first Atlanta Black Girls Run meetup at Big Peach Cherokee. Mm -hmm. Um, I still have that picture. And I know you know a lot of those women because they're still customers (laughs) to this day. Um, And I I really credit that as the start of my running journey. Um, Starting as a Black Girls Run ambassador, I became a leader Um, I helped to grow the black girls run Atlanta chapter to one of the largest, I think still the largest, um, active chapter of black girls run, which is now a national international organization. And then from there, I, um, I actually got my job working at big peach because I would go in there all the time to get shoes and talk to people. I got to meet, um, Jared, that was back when, you know, Jared, Uh, Alex, all those guys, um, Barbara, all those were the folks that were like my first, and even Mike, Mike would like work in the store, you know, on Saturdays back then. Um, So yeah, that's how I got started with my running journey. And I mean, literally I've forgotten all the great experiences that we've had, you know, not only was just with big peach, but in the running community, you know, joining Atlanta track club, starting running nerds, you know, all the, the wonderful races that we've come that have come and gone. I mean, gosh, Dave, think about all that we have done in just 10 years.
0: Oh, I know. It's I crazy. mean, and yeah, and like I said, back then, I remember you you were putting on races and we were talking about that. And we were a little bit of a focus group for you as well, I think, because you were at coming in, you know, asking us, um, you know, questions about, well, what do you want from a race or what distances mm-hmm. or, you know, and uh, I remember we brainstormed kind of this, you know, kind of this idea or you had this idea or maybe we, you know, just one of those things we're just kind of talking and you actually came up with a, it was a men's
1: yeah, we race, did right? and that's why I say I almost forget sometimes some of the things we've done. We did the men's the one time it was a one time race, the men's five K. Um, and yeah, that was a great experience. We did it from um Lindbergh.
0: Yep. It yep.
1: ran up and down, up and down um Piedmont Road. <laughs> from Lindbergh. I don't think that another race has ever used that course.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause I remember I came out and I, I think I volunteered and was your photographer, your race photographer. um, You
1: sure were. Yeah.
0: And, um, but you know, it just, you know, it's just, I think at that point we sort of kind of, you know, you started experimenting and kind of coming up with ideas and doing things sort of differently that maybe other people hadn't done which you know it's a credit to you and and just your being entrepreneurial and creative and just looking for opportunities within the running community to um just to do exactly that create a community and even then you said that you know know, there was already you know black girls run and you had already kind of thought about that idea someone had it you became part of that but even then you sort of kind of said well you know there's, I think, a uh, 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 you know, another need or something. You started Running Nerds, which it's you know you had its own website. I think it's still part of you know you Run Social, but that was just, yeah. you know I remember there was a lot of ambassadors and a lot of uh, you know you put on races through. I guess it was labeled as Running Nerds, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, so Running Nerds is is, the, is my company that's still you know Running Nerds LLC. And um, from that, as you were kind of getting towards is you know, we realized that a lot of our races were fun, like social gatherings for folks. You know, you run a 5K and then you're hanging out for two and three hours after the race at either the venue that we hosted the race or just in the spirit of the, the theme of the race. And um, that's where Run Social came about. Like we were like, these are basically running social events. So Run Social became the brand for the running events. Um, but I think you're thinking about too, like the, we used to have a racing team. We had the running nerds racing team. We did yep. training groups. We've hosted m- several clinics right there at Big Peach. Um, so like running nerds clinics, we've done um, some uh, group runs um, that we've um, hosted and just created routes and things like that. So yeah, under the running nerds umbrella, um, it, it basically became you know a way for me to express my love and interest and my growth in the running community. And you know, I didn't want it to be just limited to uh, black women. I wanted it to be limited. I mean, wanted it to be open to anyone, but very welcoming and inclusive for black women because I think that's where the the um, it was it was more of a thing because I'm a black woman. Black women felt comfortable being involved in the things that I was doing. If that makes sense,
0: right? Exactly. Um, or it, it
1: was it was an entry, it was an entry point, you know, um, for us. So um, I think a lot of times you'll see. Some um, other cities, um, the Black Girls Run um, chapters are a little bit more, um, how do I say, they, they have a little bit more of a need for established um, group runs and things like that. But in Atlanta, Black Girls Run was a way to introduce Black women to the running community. And then we got real comfortable. And now we're working at running stores, members of Atlanta Track Club, traveling to races all over. And then now we have all these different running groups and crews and opportunities to meet up. Um, so I think that's where running nerds kind of played a part in, 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 being a, almost like a gateway for, for anyone to get into running.
0: Yeah, no, I would agree that I'd say, you know, looking, uh, you know, a decade or more further back. I mean, we know that the running scene in Atlanta was vastly different. And, uh, and I do remember this, especially uh, with the Atlanta track club, especially once Rich Kanaw came on board that he sort of kind of helped change that because the Atlanta track club was known primarily for you know the skinny old white guy with the short shorts right mm-hmm. and, and and I remember uh, you know seeing photos on you know their facebook pages or wingford magazine and that's pretty much what you saw and you know, since Rich Kana has come on board, it, it's been a lot more open, a lot more diversity, a lot more inclusion, and I think that was you know part of it, it was just recognizing that there were groups like you know Black Girls Run, Black Men Run, and just the diversity in, in and around Atlanta in the running community, and it was just a way of like making it inclusive to everyone. So I think yeah. you definitely played a part in that. I think you know, uh, you, know the, you know Black Girls Run played a part in that because I think that has changed, and I would say. Even you know, I thought it was really sort of a, a, a great um, uh, marketing in a sense how you kind of went and called it Run Social Atlanta because mm-hmm. it ends up, it takes on a different meaning for someone that's first getting into running, right? To, you know, to hear of a group that's called Run Social, it's less intimidating. It sounds less intimidating, right? And if say, okay, and Mm -hmm. we did the exact same thing. We didn't, we stopped calling our group runs, group runs. We just call them social runs because for the same reason, we felt that if someone wanted to come and run and was looking for a group, they would probably feel a little bit more welcome or less intimidated by saying, oh, it's a social run as opposed to mm-hmm. a group run because typically, you know, group runs would probably have the stigma of, oh, okay, well, if I'm slow, I'm going to get dropped, you know? Yeah. And I've seen it even in the biking community where you have a group ride and even no drop rides, people get dropped. So, yeah. and that, and then people don't want to come back and then they maybe... Leave the sport altogether because they didn't feel welcome. They didn't make a connection. So kudos to you for the way you kind of use that as a marking term uh, you know, and rebrand and kind of try to help build that community. So one of the yeah, things that
1: I always say like for our races, we have about ten people that care about placing and all that stuff and everybody else is just there for the the beer or the whatever <laughs> that's being given away
0: <laughs> well and that's and that's one of those things where i think as well because i if i remember correctly and i mean i, I well i i might i might be wrong because i don't have the actual facts but i would say that your races have always seemed to evolve around a brewery there's a lot uh, more have, these days We
1: have several but yeah we have other um so the run social events we had at the peak um two races with Monday Night Brewing one with Urban Tree we did one with Top Golf um we had our 1 mile race series that just were just fun races at parks or things like that and then the ATL relay which is basically in the heart of Castle it was like a block party so not necessarily a brewery but just a venue like a post race venue that was encouraging to stay stick around and then of course the big old group run we would do those at different locations that were, you know, we did Fernbank Museum one year, Pont City Market. Um, we always try to have some kind of beer at the finish, whether it be at the brewery or not. But yeah,
0: so I well, think the
1: Monday uh, night races are so popular, people assume that they're all, all there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but I would say that I, if I remember, you know, in my recollection, I don't know that there were many races that either started or finish at a brewery or were beer or brewery themed or beer at the finish line. There's a lot more of those now um, yeah. th- than they were, uh, say, a, a decade ago. The, um, yeah,
1: the Westside 10, I, and no one's ever refuted this claim, was the first running event in Atlanta that finished at a brewery.
0: Okay. That's sort of kind of what I thought. And, and like I said, I, I didn't do, I didn't really research it that heavily, but based on my recollection, I think it's the only one I knew at the time Maybe the first one that Mm -hmm. actually did that. There's a lot more now these days um, from a lot of different races and, uh, and and race directors that that put on races that do that. But I do say you were one of the first ones to say, Hey, you know, running and beer, who doesn't like that? You know? And like, well, yes, (laughs) you know? Um, but yeah, you mentioned the big old group run because that's probably, I think, my most vivid recollection from back then. Um, and it, it's, you know, I mean, how many people we did you have out there? I mean, 300,
1: 400? Yeah, we would. So that uh, event was strictly targeted towards run groups, crews, organizations. And we would invite, you know, everyone to just have some representation there. Um, we'd average anywhere from like three to 500. Um, we did two years of that at Monday night. One year at Urban Tree. Uh, I think we did two years at Pont City Market. Fernbank was the last one, and then we were on track to to host it at the High Museum in 2020, but 2020.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I was I was, um, was going to ask that because it's it's been a while since I recall it, and like I said, maybe there's was one and I missed it, but um 2020 i mean let's let's get into it i mean it's you know the pandemic right i mean that that was on my list of topics to talk about here i mean mm-hmm. what did that do as someone who puts on races who makes their livelihood um from putting on events 2020 was probably devastating uh for you yeah. as far as yeah. You, you
1: know i dave i really can't claim it to be devastating um we were very fortunate that none of our events were scheduled um we had one that was scheduled for March 30th, and you know we made the decision to you know it was the top golf 5K, um, so we we weren't too deep into it. You know I, had, I literally had just was on the cusp of ordering like the t-shirts and the, all the things, um, and I was able to cancel the order without any penalty. So I, we were really fortunate that you know I'm a, a pretty self-sufficient um, race organizer. I don't have a lot of overhead. I don't have like a warehouse. I don't pay rent. Mm -hmm. Um, my warehouse is here in my, my basement. (laughs) Um, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good projector of, of things. I don't have like a whole lot of inventory, so we didn't lose out a lot on that. And then, um, you know, we really just had an extremely flexible deferral or refund, um, plan for all the folks that had signed up we did do this crazy um event which i thought was brilliant at the time in january we did this like sign up for all of our races for the year event Mm -hmm. um and we had about 300 people that were signed up for various events throughout the year and we had about 15 events on our calendar so um we offered opportunity for people to either defer um participate in some virtual stuff that we're going to do or get a full refund and only about ten percent of people wanted a full refund. Most of those folks either just deferred or switched their our events over. So, you know, aside from just a lot of computer work and and things like that, I wouldn't call it for us devastating. Um, it was just more so just coming up with those pivots and. Um, you know, learn how to use Zoom and coming up with virtual ideas, a lot of shipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then I was really proud of our our calendar of events. We actually did some cool group run events with some local breweries around the city during that full year where we weren't able to get a permit to do a race. We did some events with um, Halfway Crooks with Steady Hand Brewing um, Monday night, of course. Um, we did some events with, with Urban Tree. And they were all just kind of like low-key, um, small events. And then right in the midst of it, I also was pregnant. So, you know, I, I um, definitely will not claim to, to have had a, a, the struggle that a lot of um, race organizers had. Um, if anything, it just really just sharpened our um, social media and, and um, our tools to be able to communicate and reach out to people.
0: Well, that's that's good to hear. So as far as, you know, now that things are, you know, I guess people are saying it's it's back to normal. I mean, we're seeing more people go into the office to work. Traffic's back in Atlanta. Um, obviously, we're still, I guess, in a pandemic. I mean, there's you know, it's you know, COVID is still a, a topic of discussion. You know, people mm-hmm. can still get COVID but what have you seen as far as uh, race participation or are, 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 are people coming back? Are they feeling comfortable or, you know, or is there still a little bit of a hesitation uh, with people wanting to, you know, gather in large groups at a race?
1: Yeah, I think definitely the beginning of 2022, um, a lot of race organizers, including us, were, we're seeing, you know, that 80% like 20% reduction that we had seen, you know, comparing everything like to 2019, um, the later part of the summer, you know what I think has really happened is we have a lot of races, um, you know, definitely coming back. People are getting a little bit more gun shy about registering early. So definitely seeing that. Um, and then you're also getting folks, you know how you would get the last minute folks. The last minute folks are more so like, oh, you know what? I don't really have to do this race. So I'm good. I'm not even going to register last minute. So I think we're we're just seeing a reduction in the excitement for registering for races where you know you might do a blitz at the beginning of your registration and and get you know 30 of your your final numbers and that blitz you're not you're not seeing that as much um the big races you know i think are are well on their way back i mean we're still seeing um you know uh, marathon lotteries filling up and people you know buying for positions but unfortunately like the local races and the um the kind of yearly traveling races, I think they're still slowly climbing back, but it's getting definitely getting better. Um, you know, I'd be interested to see um, how this winter goes. And then, you know, a lot of people are predicting that 2023 is going to be really the real comeback year. People were saying it was 2022, but I think it's still, you know, we're still kind of really getting people back. And I think we lost a lot of avid runners. During the pandemic, too, people that are willing to pay for races—I'll say that much.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, you know, in our business, we've definitely saw. You know, it was interesting because you would think that you know, with the pandemic, you know, everyone would you know would take a hit financially as far as businesses, and some some did, and and we were lucky in, in the you know running you know, industry, and even the cycling industry benefit from it as well, is that because people were working from home, um, because they didn't have to commute, they were able to um, take the time that they normally would have done, you know, had spent in a car and use that to go out for a walk, go out for a run, you know, get on a bike trainer, Peloton, whatever, you know, activity it was and really to kind of take care of themselves um, for health and mental reasons, you know, um, and I think that was, that helped us out because we saw a greater amount of people coming in and getting running shoes or walking shoes and, you know, getting out to um, trails or state parks. And we've seen that increase and it was, you know, phenomenal, you know, all the way, I I think up to, um, you know, this summer. And we're starting to see that decrease you know, a a bit now where we're starting to say, okay, well, maybe now the numbers are going to go back to like 2019 pre-pandemic numbers Mm -hmm. as far as people that are participating in the lifestyle. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, for us, and I think in general, you know, speaking, we hope that more people um, or people will continue to take care of themselves, to Mm -hmm. continue to run, to walk, to bike or whatever, to, maintain a, 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 healthy lifestyle, but with work and, and commuting, I think that sort of kind of gets in the way. Um, yeah. so we'll see how kind of things kind of work out, uh, you know, as far as uh, on the retail side of things, but there's still a lot of people that are, that are running. I think it's just the emphasis on racing maybe is less yeah. for some people where, um, and I would say i fall kind of a little bit into that, you know, group because, and I, I think it has a little bit something to do with my age as well. It's, is that, you know, a decade ago when I started running, I was like, oh, let me see myself improve. Let me go out and see what I can do. What's my, you know, can I PR on this course? And now I'm like, I just want to run just for fun. I just, just want to run, yeah, yeah. just to bike, just to be healthy. I, I don't necessarily need another medal. You know, it's like at a certain mm-hmm. point, you know, the medal was nice. It was a nice reward, right? To, you know, prove that you accomplished something. And then at a certain point, you're like, do I want another medal? Do I want another t-shirt? Like, yep. you know, and, and that's, yeah. that's kind of at the camp where I'm at, you know?
1: Yeah. I think, you know, to your point, like age, but also just life goals changing. So I mean, and we can probably have a whole nother podcast discussion about this, but you're thinking about new runners coming in. I think this is where race directors and maybe even in the, the retail industry, we need to start really thinking ahead. How are we going to get new people into running? Cause, those of us who are getting older, you know, we don't need to race every weekend to feel fulfilled. Like you said, you know, we can go out and do a 10 mile run just around our community. You know, we have all these beautiful parks and trails that are emerging around the city. So you don't necessarily need the, the race environment. But when we were younger, we loved that and thrived on that. So how are we nurturing these new runners to get into running and get into the the, the lifestyle? So, you know, I think maybe we should have some kind of like um, summit or something to brainstorm ideas. Uh, so. There
0: you go. I'll, I'll give that one to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll do Try a podcast. And, and a in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I, yeah. I agree with you because I do think, I mean, and we've, we've, we've seen that, you know, the thing millennials uh, value more than anything else is an experience versus, mm-hmm. you know, physical objects. You know, so for, uh, you know, for them, it might not be a, a medal or a shirt where at one point that's, you know, we, if it was a good looking medal. And at one point, remember, you know, it was like who had the largest medal? You know, we saw medals that were like, you know, the size of a plate, you know, and yeah. people coveted those. And now I think it's more about the experience. So I think that's where, you know, races, you know, and race directors probably should be kind of thinking about. It. It's like, okay, well, what's that experience like? You know, what's that? And I think yeah. you, you've been doing this probably all along by, hey, let's partner up with a brewery. Let's do a social event afterwards where people kind of hang out and it makes it a little bit more memorable. Yeah. And it's not just about a, a medal.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's funny because um, most of our run social events didn't have a medal. And I would get maybe three or four emails from people out of the, you know, five or six hundred. They were just saying, hey, is there a medal associated? I was like, no, your reward is you get two free beers and you get to hang out at this brewery. No one's going to kick you out. You're just hanging with your friends. You can create. We're giving you the environment and the experience. That's your medal, so to speak. And most people got that. I mean, we still did T-shirts, but I even had one race where we didn't do a t-shirt or a medal, um, so that we could keep the cost. Cause I mean, really you're paying for, you know, that, that medal and that t-shirt in your race entry. So, you know, if you want to keep that, that cost down, or we made it an optional purchase, that's what we did. And probably about 30% of people will, will take the optional purchase. Which right. Tells you, you know, Most people don't really care about the medal or the shirt.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, and, and especially now with, you know, with inflation, you know, people probably want to spend less on race registrations if they have to make a choice, right. Between, you know, gas or food on their table, you know, it's like, well, do I need a race? Do I need to pay for registration? Yeah, and so exactly. keeping the cost down may sway someone to actually sign up for a race versus another race that, you know, is offering, you you know, a medal and a T-shirt, but it's going to cost them more. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting time that we're kind of living in. Uh, you know, uh, you know, still post pandemic, um, and uh, and with the uh, you know inflation and everything else that's going on in in, uh, in our uh, in our community and in across the nation. So the the other uh, uh, race that you started at, uh, several years ago, uh, fairly recently, is the race. Uh, That happened uh, just recently in October, yeah, early October. So tell us Mm -hmm. about that and kind of what you've done as far as because that's definitely a specific community that you're kind of targeting but also benefiting.
1: Yes. Um, So the race is a half marathon and 5K weekend hosted here in Atlanta um, that was started by um, leaders in the black running community, including myself. Um, um, And you know, it's basically a celebration of all things Black excellence um, and also celebrating the tremendous growth that we've seen in the Black running community all over the world. And um, our Atlanta-based um, leaders, you know, we had, had these conversations um, for years, like in 2015, 16, 17. You know, you're noticing, like, you know, all these runners kind of coming out and, and enjoying the pedestrian lifestyle. And we said, you know, we have all the resources that we need right here in the city of Atlanta. I'm a race director. We actually started our own timing company just so that we could say that it was going to be timed by a black owned (laughs) timing Mm -hmm. company. Um, um, and then also a lot of, um, some of the larger, um, corporations, black owned corporations are based here in Atlanta. So we're like, this is, if, if someone's going to put on a race that is, you know, um, for us, by us, so to speak, this is the city to do it. So we started it as a Kickstarter campaign in 2017, um, got the the support that we needed from Kickstarter um, and launched the first race. The inaugural race was in 2018. And um, we just uh, celebrated our five years and we count our virtual year because we hosted one of the largest, most successful virtual races in 2020, um, but our fifth year. So yeah, the race is, is just a beautiful Experience, you know, we it's it's uh, welcoming to any and all runners. But if you participate, you're going to get that, that experience in Black excellence. You're going to meet meet Black-owned businesses um, throughout the weekend. We support local charities that are doing work in the communities that um, that uh, we run through. We run our course primarily in um, west on the west side and Southwest Atlanta. Um, and yeah, it's just a beautiful experience. And we're really proud to have um, Big Peach as a, a partner this year. Um, as well as Saucony um through yeah. through big peaches partnership so um 2022 was it was an interesting year cuz um i don't know when this is going to air but those of you who are in the the southeast region you know we had that crazy hurricane um well it was Man. a scare for us in atlanta it was a reality for our florida and south georgia friends um but um, that was the week leading up to the race weekend turned out to be a perfect race weekend for us here, but, um, we did have quite a few folks that were affected, um, to travel because it's a national event. We get runners from all over, um, the United States to participate. Um, but it it turned out to be a great weekend. Um, yeah, so we're excited. I I look at the race. It's kind of like a passion project for me, but it's also a, a huge part of the running nerds LLC, um, year in our business. I mean, to, to the, to the point where, Um, And we'll talk about this um, soon, Dave, you know, 2023, we're really going to be focusing a lot more on um, the race and uh, year round, you know, activation for the race.
0: Well, uh, yeah, because I, I do remember because I was I was following and we had been com- communicating about scheduling to record the podcast and I didn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, schedule something leading up to the race because I know, I, you know, you were probably very busy and taking care of a lot of things and and definitely don't want to add more to your plate leading up to that. So that's why we scheduled it after the, uh, you had completed the race. Um, but yeah, I do recall that uh, it was uh, Hurricane Ian that came through mm-hmm. uh, South Florida And there was that potential that it could come through Atlanta and I was kind of worried of, you know, you know, what would happen, you know, uh, you know, here and because there was talk of high winds and rain, Mm -hmm. um, and possible tornadoes. So as, as a race director, you know, explain, explain to me kind of what goes to your mind when you start hearing these weather reports, and what's your planning what what's going through your mind i'm sure it was it was nerve-wracking but what's what's going through your mind during that time period as a race director dealing oh, with man. something that that size
1: dave let me tell you it was a crazy week because i mean if you're looking at the weather channel which i don't advise you do too often but we did it changes every day it changed like it a week out it was saying it was never going to come this way and then like five days out it was it's coming through. It's going to be pandemonium. So of course, you know I'm customer service for a running nerd. So I'm responding to all the emails, all the things. You um, know I have some some great mentors at Atlanta Track Club and um, some of the other local um, race companies. So I'm talking to my friends in the industry, like okay, you know what's the thing. So the main thing is just being prepared for whatever. So here's, here's the biggest tip I can give to any race director: If you are worried about weather, order 200 ponchos and sandbags, and then nothing will happen. Just order everything. That- <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there, order, go- uh, there goes that overhead you were talking you about.
1: <laughs> yep, but I got ponchos though. If we ever have a rain event, I got ponchos for you because we didn't even need them. But anyway, so yeah, we just prepared and I just give a huge shout out to my team. I have a team full of just volunteers that, that work um, with me on the race and everyone had a plan. My, um, expo coordinator had a plan. Um, our cone crew had a plan, our logistics team. We all had a plan for if things were, you know, um, if things were what they said they could potentially be, um, at no point were we anticipating we would have to cancel, but we did, you know, have the plan for if we had to delay, if there was, there was talk of lightning, thunder and lightning Mm -hmm. at one point, you know, um, and the only reason we would have canceled is if the winds were just you know category, whatever winds or if there was you know thunder and lightning associated. so but you know and the funny thing is you know we had about 1500 participants um, registered at that point in the race um, maybe 60 emails about weather, right mm-hmm. That means the rest of the, let's say 1400 people were like, just let us know when, when the race is going to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you, re, you you know, you just have to keep your communication up. You know, people want to know what's going on. Um, you know, uh, we did give the option for folks that were affected by the hurricane, especially traveling to Atlanta, the, to switch to virtual. So a lot of people took us up on that opportunity um, but you, you know, you just have to keep a cool head and, and, and have a plan for everything. But it was, I, I say, um, it, it sharpened my crisis management skills that week. And then everything just turned out to be absolutely beautiful. So,
0: well, that's awesome. It, it, yeah. You know, it's funny because as runners, and I know this and, and you know this as well, right? If you, if you've been training, right. For a specific race, you know, and in this case, it's, it's a half marathon, you don't want it to be canceled. Mm-mm. you you're like i don't care i'm i want to run it i put in the time i don't want it to be canceled this is where i peak this is i'm in taper week i this is everything's lining up so the only i think people that probably would be okay with it canceling is if they didn't train enough and they're like oh i could use it a couple extra weeks if it gets delayed another week that just gives me more time to train yeah but most people aren't like that once they committed to a, to a race you know um so yeah, yeah.
1: especially people traveling you know
0: yeah, exactly um, yeah because they've already put in uh, money for hotel flights you know um and that's you know
1: yeah and i think that was most people's concern was they just wanted to make sure we weren't going to cancel like they didn't want to get all the way here and so i assured people that like the the chances of us canceling are very low obviously we can't control mother nature but we're not going to cancel just because it's raining or just because there's you know heavy wind because we can control heavy wind. we can't control the devastating blowing you know light poles over wind but um but uh, unfortunately, I think there were some people that took advantage of our, our uh, kindness to switch to virtual and use it as an out to get out of there. <laughs> but, you know, you, we had to open up the opportunity and, you know, we didn't like put any kind of like, you, got, you didn't have to prove, but I mean, we had right. people in Atlanta switching to virtual. I'm like, guys, you're here. You know that it's, it's fine. And then of course, after the weather switched over, we had some people write it to us, can we switch back to (laughs) in-person? It was crazy. We had a lot of laughs and also just a lot of just like, oh gosh, this is crazy moments.
0: Well, you've, you still have, uh, yeah, the, the Monday night brewing West side, it's a 10 mile 10 K on December 10th. So that's still open and available. And that'll be the last race for you this year. As far as that you're putting on, let's talk about 2023. What do you got planned for 2023?
1: So, um, you know, as you mentioned, um, we do have the West side 10 to round out the run social series for 2022 and this year, we actually cut the, the Run Social race series down to three races. Next year, Run Social will, will essentially be two race events, um, plus supporting some other events that we uh, partner with, and then the race. So um, as far as Running Nerds full production, we will have our, um, in June, the Monday Nighter, which is a 5K, 10K, hosted for Monday Night Garage. Um, it's a signature event for Monday Night Brewing. And then the West Side 10 in December, of 2023, um, three, and then the race in October. So those will be our events, and then we, you know, Running Nerds LLC. We still work with um, several uh, client events. We produce the um, the uh, Atlanta Mission 5K, which I know Big Peach is partnered mm-hmm. with in the yeah. past. Um, we also partner with Girls on the Run. Um, sorry, we produce the races for Girls on the Run. That's two events a year, as well as Furniture Bank, uh, which is also another Big Peach yep. partner, um, and then. Um, We do a few events, timing only events. We're not like a timing company that you reach out to to hire us for timing. But if if we're working with your event, we can time it. So we do have a couple of partners that we work with um, mostly on timing. Um, But to be honest with you, Dave, you know, I'm really happy with a very kind of low key schedule, you know, as a new mother, I want to have as much time as I can um, during these early years. Um, and also, you know, just really being able to focus my time on those events that I mentioned and making sure that they're growing and and, and being a part of the community. Because um, kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation, when we first started putting on race events, there weren't a lot of 5Ks. Now, I mean, yep. pick a weekend, any weekend. And so I, I've never felt the need to put something on just for the sake of putting it on. So if there are other great events that are happening um, that are are um giving people an opportunity to get into running um, it doesn't have to be running nerds that's that's putting on those events you know that that's the mature race director and me talking cuz uh-huh. you know back in the day i wanted to be the one that did all the, the things but and, you know atlanta track club is doing a great job with their calendar there's so many great events um in a, in the city um, and i'm i'm excited to just you know take my my part as a runner um, as a race director. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, do some consulting as I go get a little bit deeper into my, uh, my journey.
0: Well, that's awesome, uh, Tess. I think, yeah, I think uh, you, what you've done from the very beginning, even back when you said you were trying to do everything, is that you've always focused on putting on quality events, events that stood out from the competition. Um, and like I said, by partnering up with a brewery, by providing a great experience, and I think those are things that um, are going to, you know, resonate with a lot of people, especially those that are new to running. Um, and even even for me, I'm like, I'm you know, I've I'm not one of those individuals now that are looking for a, a placement or or you know or, or racing competitively or trying to be competitive with at least myself, but uh, doing a race and finishing at Monday Night uh, Garage or or uh, brewing there, uh, I'm like I may have to you know sign up for one of those next year because I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of their uh, their uh, their what they have on tap. So uh, yeah, what's they, your favorite?
1: What's your favorite Monday Night beer?
0: Um, so I'm 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 partial to stouts. Mm-hmm. And so I think, um, and they've, they've got quite a few and I, I, the one that stands out the most is Fistful of Cake.
1: Oh, that's a good one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my yeah, favorites. They
1: have versions of Fistful of Cake. So they have the tiramisu and the double chocolate. I think those are the two that I, I like both of those.
0: Yes. I'll, I, any, any of those versions I'll take. And as a matter of fact, I was at the Decatur uh, Beer Festival, um, recently and spoke to, uh, their, uh, their sales rep. And he said that they've got one, an Oreo cookie stout coming out. And it's like a series of what they're calling cookie crumbles, I think, or something like that. What? He mentioned something. And so there it's, I think by the time this airs, I think by the end of uh, November, um, some of these uh, will be released. So I'll be making a trip over to uh, Monday Night Garage. All right. So and, Dave,
1: and- when you go over, you got to hit me up and let's meet up there and, and uh, you know, toast a little bit
0: all right sounds good I, I'll let you know um, and th- you know the funny thing is that uh, so starting in November there's the um, it's November 19th is uh, the start of the Atlanta Winter Bike League and mm-hmm. that is a, a a group ride but that you we kind of meet and we kind of train I'm one of the ride leaders and we meet there at West mm-hmm. End so we start out at wild heaven at uh, the coffee shop as our kind of a meeting place of, uh, of think at the think of the filter and mm-hmm. uh and then afterwards yeah you know it's a once again it's a social event everyone finishes at the same time and you can you know have a beer eat something whatever so i'll be there almost every other weekend every other saturday i'll be uh down there starting in november as a as a group writer right. so yeah i'll uh, i'll hit you up and uh we'll uh you know have a beer there
1: yeah i'll bring the bring the baby let her run around the, uh the little uh beer garden area. So I, I love going there. We go there at least once a week just to hang out and catch all the vibes. So, and then, um, I don't know what your run, running calendar looks like, but if you want to come out and run the West side 10 this year, it's going to be a good time, December 10th. So let me know.
0: I will, I've got a race. Oh no. I'm actually out of town. I think that week there's oh, okay. early, early, early in December. I've got, I've got a, a race. I'm doing the pine mountain 19 miler. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel like I'm going to be grossly under for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, uh, and then I'm out of town uh, 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 going to Savannah with some friends. So it's, oh, it's, it's, it's the first two weekends in, in December I'm out. Otherwise I, w- I would say yes, for sure. But I will keep the, um, the other ones for next year on, on, on my calendar and I'll look out for those dates when you publish them. So. All
1: right. Well, you know, it's been a, a great journey. Um, with Big Peach's support all throughout my career as a runner and as a race director, and looking forward to um, continuing that relationship into 2023 and even, you know, strengthening it a little bit more because I think, <clears throat> you know, one thing I've always loved about Big Peach is its emphasis on the local communities that each store is located in, and you know, it's it's a beautiful relationship.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you you started with us at Big Peach and you'll continue to be a a friend and part of the family, Uh, you know, and I I just think it's great that we're still kind of working together, even a decade later, still sort of connected through the running community just shows how um, those relationships and just how how big and wide uh, the community is. So thank you, Tess, for uh, joining. I,
1: you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out, um, of course, my assistant, race director, and business partner, Shanta, who is also the general manager at uh, the manager at the Decatur store. So that, that's right. You know, a lot of that partnership is is continuing because of her. You know, she's always coming up with ideas like, how can Big Peach get involved in what we're doing? So just know that she is always advocating for those partnerships to be strengthened.
0: Yeah. Well, kudos. Yeah. And thanks to, to Shanta. As a matter of fact, I, I, I reached out, I was indicator, and I was actually, uh, I think working in the store where I brought up the conversation of the podcast and having you on as a guest. So she kind of got us reconnected and, uh, gave me your email address so I could reach out to yeah. you. So.
1: Hey, Dave, you get kudos. if You can get Shanta to come on the podcast and talk. So if you, if you can get that in 2023, you, you, the, you got free beers for a year. <laughs>
0: Shanta is definitely uh, the shy one. I would say <laughs> uh, she doesn't like the spotlight, and uh, uh, so yeah, that would be a major, uh, major get if I could get Shanta uh, on the podcast. So <laughs> I, I won't say I won't try, but I, I just think it'll be uh, you know very difficult. But you know, <laughs> I'll take the challenge.
1: All
0: right, for, for free beer, uh, like I'll, I, 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 I may work extra hard on that. <laughs> 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 well, thank you, Tess, uh, for joining us and, uh, you know, check out her races, um, you know, run And like I said, m- the Monday night brewing West Side, uh, 10, which is a 10 mile and 10 K option is December 10th. Um, if you want to finish out the year with a great race and have some beers afterwards and enjoy a great, uh, social experience, uh, experience, and environment, uh, definitely check out, uh, you know, the run social calendar. So thanks Tess for joining us.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. Oh, uh, you're care. very welcome. All right, we'll be back after this break. Big Peach now sells bikes at our Brookhaven and Midtown locations, Big Peach Ride and Run. We help get you into the right bike that fits you and your needs. Many of us enjoy being on two wheels as much as our own two feet. It's not only a great way to stay active and fit. It's also a great way to recover from long runs and have fun. We carry kids, commuter, mountain, gravel, road bikes, and more. No matter what you prefer, with brands like Giant, Live, a division of Giant that makes bikes exclusively for women, and Momentum, we've got whatever bike you're looking for. Stop by and check out the selection of bikes at Town Brookhaven or Midtown, right on Peachtree Street, or view our inventory online at bigpeachrideandrun.com. And welcome back. And man, it was it was so fun uh, catching up with Tess. And uh, yeah, it's been kind uh, of, you know, I hadn't seen her in so long, especially over the last few years due to the pandemic and everything else. But it's like we caught up and uh, it felt like, you know, no time had passed. Um, so, the her, you know, her race calendar, um, you know, here is uh, for the 2023. That's going to be releasing here soon. I think as this podcast is releasing, her Uh, uh, schedule for next year's races will be released as well. So go to runsocialatlanta.com to look up her races. Her next race is the Monday Night Brewing Westside 10, um, which is a 10 mile and 10 K. Um, always, uh, you know, fun to run uh, from a brewery and finish uh, with a nice, cold, refreshing um, adult beverage. And uh, especially with Monday Night Brewing, they they do uh, know how to make some uh, some good beer there. Um, that is uh, December tenth, and yeah, I unfortunately will not be able to, uh, to attend that race. I will actually be out of town, as uh, as I think I mentioned during the podcast. My schedule has me going out of town uh, for a little a bit of a. A vacation, uh, a nice long weekend vacation with some friends. Um, And uh, also prior to that, I am uh, going out and doing, getting back into trail running and doing my first official uh, trail race in probably several years. And that's the the Guts uh, Pine Mountain Race. I'll be doing 19 miles. So if you're out there, stop by, say hello, and uh, I'll probably be out there uh, near the Big Peach on Wheels, uh, uh, you know, truck that we'll have out there. So uh, stop by and say hello. I know I've got uh, a couple other teammates that'll be out there. also, as I mentioned earlier today, uh, or earlier in the podcast, you know, I thank Bob for being a listener, and many of you, like I said, I haven't met yet, but I do uh, did look up uh, at during the break. Um, to see where are, you know, our listeners coming from, and man, I was like, you know, I've got, you know, uh, you know, people from Carrollton, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, Smyrna, Alpharetta, Snellville, Marietta, um, High Point, which I don't know if that's in Georgia or if that's High Point, North Carolina, Duluth, Lilburn, all the way up in Chicago, Suwannee, Georgia, Houston, Texas, Austin, Texas, Beaufort, Georgia, Cumming, Georgia, uh, Lawrenceville, Jasper, Philadelphia. Um, and Rome. I'm, I'm going to assume that's Rome, Georgia, uh, and not Rome, Italy. Um, so, thank you all um, for, for listening. I really do appreciate all of you that, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes you, you, you put something together and you don't really know who's listening. You may see some numbers, but you never really know, well, did they listen the first 30 seconds of it? Does that count as a listen? Do they listen to 30 minutes, or do they listen to the whole entire thing? So regardless of how long you listen, the fact that you took a chance and you listen to this podcast. Um, thank you so much. And in this uh, time of uh, Thanksgiving, um, you know, I really do appreciate and I am grateful for those of you that have tuned in, even if it's one time and even more grateful for those of you that keep coming back. And if you have any um, feedback as to things that I can do differently to improve that would make this podcast more of your own um, and why you would want to listen to it or tell someone else why they should listen to it email me at podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. And with that, just, uh, you know, we are in the holiday season, so I know many of you are training. There's a lot of spring marathons that are coming up, so I know many of you are will be training, including those doing the Publix Georgia Marathon and Half Marathon. That training has uh, kicked up here, I'm sure, um, especially for the marathon folks. Um, and, of course, there's Boston, some of these other uh, – you know, marathons are coming up. So yeah, we're all in it. We're all training. And uh, so keep at it. So keep running, keep writing and keep believing in yourself. And until next time, stay safe. Do you have a story or know someone with a story that can inspire, motivate or even empower others? Email me at podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. I want to share your story. Don't forget to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with others.